0: Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Sperling, and you're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us.
0: How are you doing on this lovely Thursday? Oh my
2: God, Will. I am doing very well on this Thursday. Thank you very much for asking. Oh, of course. My name is Alon Danziger. And I'm Will Hastings, And we represent the team of Lost and Rewound right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, which comes to you here on this fine Thursday every afternoon from 3 <laughs> to 4 p.m.
0: It's a lovely, lovely Thursday, the 28th, here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Just had to get it in there. You Just had, had to get to. it in there. I don't know. I'm I'm loving it. You 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 love you love that uh, that radio voice. So like the deep. Hey man, you got me into the deep deep voices. Quick off the bat,
2: give yourself like a new like fancy uh slick radio DJ name. Don't even think about it. Just like what will be your like your new radio. Oh my
0: DJ god, name. the first one that came to mind was DJ Reggie Rex. That's so
2: bad.
3: <laughs> That's Yo, so awful. DJ
2: Reggie Rex and. Uh, I I'll I'll go with One, two, three, uh, go. Edwin Electricity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. DJ Right, Bre- you see how terrible it is? This DJ is Edwin- Reggie Rex. This and- is Edwin Electricity. Hello. We know. are the two best D- we are the two worst uh. DJ names in the history of Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> and if you want to
2: listen to us on the go, because you want to make like, sure you listen to the DJ Reggie Rex and Edwin Electricity on the go on your yeah. app. Mobile app, you could download it. You should. Either on Android or iOS. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone. It's a very handy app and not an app that's going to take up too much room in that their phone of yours or that tablet of yours that already has enough apps. As
0: uh, As it's slowly degrading, overflowing with apps and it's saving power. is just lesser and lesser. It's processing power forever dying. (laughs) Check out the iOS app and the Android app. They are both quite useful. (laughs) Best place to get. All of the apps on the beloved Radio Free Brooklyn, got to say. You love what, it myself.
2: What's 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 one player app going to do that's going to break your phone, right? Nothing. Not you know my, what? Not my phone. Not my, nope.
0: If you but want to sign up for the newsletter. Radio I mean,
2: Free Brooklyn newsletter. Yes. It's, it's, it's really good. It's called Radio Free Brooklyn.
0: Radio. And you know what? It only pops into your inbox how many times a month?
2: Just one, dude. What? Why? Because it's all about that spam-free world shit, man. What? We don't want anybody to feel like they're getting uh, bombarded with too many announcements about all of Radio Free Brooklyn's uh, concerts coming up, ticket giveaways, uh, special announcements, et cetera. So Great event. Sign up. Yeah. Well, my God. I mean, every event that I've been to has been such a blast, uh, be it uh, you know, any of our mixers or concerts that we have. Make sure to sign up for that at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Lost and Rewound is your weekly audio archive time capsule in where we will dive into the rough and raw sounds from your past to connect the dots between then and now. We have no time to delay. We have a great episode coming up for you this week. Holy Uh, shit, we have a
0: really amazing guest.
2: So let's get to it. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, introduce a wonderful wonderful young journalist he is an upcoming graduate of baroque college and the digital editor of the queen's daily eagle i'd like to introduce mr john sperling hello how are you just stumbled upon this place thought i'd stop in for a little interview i gotta say thank you for being open to somebody walking up to you on the street and be like so want to be on a radio show
1: of course, I mean, I thought you guys were the Humane Society at first, but when you told me it was Radio Free Brooklyn, I was
0: like, "Why not?"
2: I mean, Dude. it's another nonprofit organization. It's all good.
0: It's true. Right? It's true. We all we're we're all about the helping and in the and the local.
2: You you seem a little bit uh, shy on the mic there. How do you feel? You're getting enough oxygen? Um, As I the man d- Craig Ferguson used to say every d- week, every day.
1: Um, you know, I'm I'm just not used to uh, being uh radio famous just yet um radio famous yeah i've only been on one other radio show believe it or not uh you think that people would be calling me from all over to be on their shows but uh, yeah this is actually the first one in a while
0: editor man that just once you're there
1: you think you think the title would come with some you know some uh some want for me but it doesn't seem that way
2: i've been told that uh, you are a bit uh on the younger side and therefore your experience with Radio slash podcast is probably a little less, uh, less than what we've uh, experienced. What is uh, your experience listening to the radio when you were a kid?
1: Uh, well, when I was a kid, I actually had this pillow that was shaped like a soccer ball, and you could plug in your MP3 player to it. Excuse me? So it was a device that <laughs> allowed you to listen to music on the go. Uh, so you'd plug your MP3 player into the pillow, and then you sleep on the pillow, and then it would you know allow I'll you music. to yes, play music. So I would do that, but with a little radio that my dad had given me. So I would fall asleep to Z100 or WFAN or you name it. So I did actually listen to your radio a decent bit when I was growing up.
2: Did you appreciate uh, the... I guess the different kinds of, uh, you know, AM and FM styles are obviously a lot different, but, um, I mean, I think I sort of,
1: I sort of got, uh, the idea of what the difference between the two were. I felt like FM was more for music and AM was more for like talk shows or sports or sports or Republicans. And I I wasn't I wasn't too sure but I had an idea.
2: Would you say that um your experience working in journalism was influenced a lot by more of what you read versus what you listened and watched?
1: I feel like a lot of it definitely had to do with what I read. I grew up on the New York Post and the Daily News. Oh, nice. Um depending on whether I was at my grandparents' house or my parents' house, I think a lot of it was definitely influenced by what I read because I didn't listen to a lot of news shows. It was more entertainment that I was listening to.
2: Right. So you listen to the Uh, entertainment, but you soak in in, uh, and read all the
0: information. Correct. Yep. Do you have a particular journalist who you attach to? Do you have a particular journalist who you would read every day and be obsessed with? You know,
1: not particularly, but I do have to say that uh, I used to enjoy like Andrea Pizer's, if I'm saying her name correctly, Andrea Andrea Paiser or Paiser's column in the New York Post. I used to read her page six, I think it was uh, column or uh, wh- whatever she would she would write um, every day. But I wasn't really, I was never really attached to uh, journalists growing up. No, okay. no. I actually stumbled upon journalism by accident a little bit. It, it wasn't so much because I was absorbing uh, certain information or I had this like need to get the information out there. I think it's become that now. When I was in, like, middle school and, you know, people would ask me, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say probably an author or a novelist or something like that. Really? But, yeah. But when I got to high school, I was not able to get into those English classes because my high school was super overcrowded. And I was put in a journalism class instead. Okay. And my teacher told me that I was pretty good at it. So I stuck with it. I learned as I continued with journalism through the end of high school and, and college and in a more professional environment that I fell in love more with the aspect of
0: getting the information out there. Was that the first time you were able to sort of claim uh, and, and authorship a sort of a voice of your own that was purely within prose?
1: That's an interesting question. I'm still developing a voice of my own. I think it's it's really hard because you're surrounded by so much media, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um I read news on my phone, I read news on my computer, I get news on Facebook, I get news in person, and it's so hard when you're reading news from all these great, accomplished journalists to really find your own voice and not just be so inspired by these other journalists that you're almost imitating them to an extent, if that makes sense. To be completely honest with you, I think I'm still finding my own voice, and I don't know if... People reading my stuff, I would like to ask them, is this a Jonathan Sprilling article to you? Like does this does this article scream Jonathan Sprilling wrote this? Is is it my voice? I don't know. You're from Brooklyn. Correct. Are your parents originally from Brooklyn? Damn right. You're Brooklyn yes.
2: Brooklyn born, Brooklyn raised You're Brooklynite. And- exactly. You're uh, what kind of high school did you go to? Uh, was it a private high school or a public high school?
1: I went to public high school. I went to Edward R. Murrow High School in Midwood oh. Avenue L and East Sixteen Street, oh, Sixteen Hundred yeah. Avenue L, Hell Edward yeah. R. Murrow High School.com. Murrow is <laughs> you're a
2: proud Murrow Congrats, Congrats, right? Damn right. Good luck. Shout out good.
1: Edward R. Murrow. Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'm familiar with Merle. I know I knew a few cats who went there. Oh, yeah. Your experience living in Brooklyn, I mean, goodness, I mean, you are surrounded by just so much information and so much uh, excitement. And would you say that your parents from a very young age, they allowed you to sort of branch out and, you know, learn more or were they kind of very protective about where you were at all times? Kind of?
1: I think they were definitely a bit protective when I was growing up. My mom was the type of mom where if I wanted to ride my bike around the block. She would have to take a lawn chair from the garage, put it on the sidewalk so she could see me both ways down the street as I rode my bike. There was definitely a, a bit of controlling on where I was going, and my ability to obtain information was a bit stunted for a while, I think, due to things like that. Um, but as I got older, um, my parents' grip got looser. you have siblings? Uh, I'm an only child. You're an only I'm, child. I'm, yeah. So there's
2: that, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, I okay. feel like
1: if you've been listening to this interview long enough, you'd already have determined <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> um, you, Where you grew up in, like, Midwood area?
1: No, I, I grew up in Marine Park, which is uh, near Midwood.
2: It's very uh,
1: suburban up there. Up there, down, down there, there, in there down there, there. Oh, out there. <laughs> yes, we have the largest park in Brooklyn. By the way, I know do people you know? think it's Prospect do Park, too? but if you count the salt marsh area, it's the largest park in Brooklyn. So very suburban.
2: How do you like the salt
1: marsh? I I like it a lot. Actually, I, I I've taken many people down there. I don't know if you're supposed to walk through there,
0: but I've walked through there many times. Hey man, that's a rite of passage.
2: Hell yeah. Lots to soak in, um, literally and figuratively.
0: So can I just just sort of changing track slightly. How old were you when you got into, I mean, would you call yourself a storyteller? Would you call yourself a journalist? What are you aspiring to be right now, specifically? I I
1: would say journalist. And I I said I I got into it around 15, 16. Nice.
0: And did you, had you been telling stories before that? Had you been writing before that?
1: Um, I had been into creative writing before that because I thought I wanted to be an author. So i had been writing like short creative stories probably since elementary school really
0: yeah and can we ask the subject matter of any of these early stories was there a theme in any of them or
1: not really it was was just you know whatever came to my mind a lot of it was comedic or satirical um really like
0: said like satire of who or satire of what
1: usually like a satire of like teachers or my classmates you know we're, we're not talking some like amazing like Work here, you know, this is like a creator's oh,
0: no, view of satire. That's exactly that's exactly what the show <laughs> yeah. is all about. Those are sort of early yeah.
2: discoveries, a lot of making fun of people. What would you say your satire influences come from, if you could
0: think of any?
1: Oh, definitely like the Onion. Um, my <laughs> nice. mom really loved the Borowitz Report when yeah. I was growing up, so I read a decent I, amount of that
0: wholeheartedly unaware of what the Horowitz Report is. Bor- Bor- Borowitz.
1: Borowitz. Borowitz. Wow, the New- wow. It's, it's, an, well.
2: it's the New Yorker Onion, basically.
1: Yeah. It's more upper crust onion. You know what? You know? I,
0: I prefer the onion myself. Oh, really? So, um, do you? So, thank you very much. I've, the, I have uh, upper
2: crust onion, so it's like it's like it's the a, onion before you peel the layers. Exactly, <laughs> and you gotta
0: you gotta have your pinky. No, up. It's, no, no. It's the it's the onion for the more refined class. Those of those higher aspirations and higher knowledge of the world. Mm. It sounds like that was a pretty seminal moment for you when this teacher gave you the opportunity and said, "Hey, man." you're good at this. And you sort of kept going with it. Was that a big moment? and Was that something that sort of drove you into journalism? Because it sounds like that was something that sparked your world into that realm. A hundred
1: percent. I mean, I think throughout my very young professional career, I'm always looking for encouragement and, and validation, to be honest. So mm-hmm. when my teacher told me, you know, this is something you should really stick with. You're good at it. I think that really gave me the boost to dive
0: full into it. I'm sorry, you said and, and, and encouragement? <laughs> that's, shut up
2: because nah. <laughs> he, he,
0: he never got any from no, his no 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 yeah yeah you're you kidding <laughs> no no but the point is no no but dude that's a I'm saying that's incredible what what so what young person doesn't go for that and that sort of says i mean are you still in contact with that teacher i am still in contact with
1: a teacher actually awesome. um i spoke at my high school last semester as part of the uh public school alumni program that nice. the nyc doe has been doing Wait, uh, sorry.
2: What is this? So uh, the DOE has the, a program that uh, graduates of the high schools uh, go around, and
1: they—it's um, like a mentor about. sort of role. Um awesome. you're, you're supposed to um, answer questions about college, professional life that sort of thing. So I, I spoke to my teacher. Can you recall that moment that you had a mentor of your uh,
2: of your stature where you are now when you were in high school, not a teacher per se, but another graduate that you looked up to that told you something that really stuck with you?
1: You know, I, I can't remember something that quite stuck with me, but I definitely had a couple of younger mentors um, that would speak in my classes. We had one graduate
0: of younger you mean mentees or mentors No, a mentor.
1: mentor. i like. mean i mean a mentor that's someone someone in you know in their like early 20s the importance of that is that when you're a high schooler sometimes it's really hard to connect with some of the more um typical mentors you know people who are in mm. their 50s or 60s people who've been in their career for 30 years it's, kid, it, let me it, tell you about this. Exactly. So it's it's hard to connect with them. But when you, you know, I think the, the, the mentors that have spoken to my high school classes that have had the most impact are people that are either in college or kind of fresh out of college and are maybe in their first job, their second job. I think uh, it's much easier to put myself in those people's shoes and say, wow, that could be me in five years. So definitely had some mentors um, in high school that I got encouragement from. Did you stay in
0: contact with any of them? I didn't, to be honest. No. I mean, you sound like you are a very approachable person. You seem like a nice guy. Thank you. He's a good
2: old-fashioned Brooklyn boy. He's a
0: good old-fashioned Brooklyn, <laughs> Thank a good Brooklyn Thank boy. Thank you. Good Brooklyn boy Yeah. But do you have any mentees in this program right now that you are in contact with? I mean, it sounds like you're doing it through Facebook, but do you have any ones that you see on a constant basis or communicate with on a constant basis? Actually, um, I have a
1: friend who works for the Ticker right now. Um, her name is Mandy, and she was actually on my high school newspaper, and I met her when I went back to my school as part of the alumni program. Nice. And uh, then she ended up going to Brew College when she graduated high school and now she is training to be the news editor of our uh, student newspaper nice. so I'm in contact with her uh, I see her pretty often so did you seek out other schools outside of New York City? Hmm. I did seek out some schools outside of New York City. Um, I sought out Syracuse, Binghamton, uh, Stony Brook but you know I was I limited myself mostly because you know I knew I was going into journalism and I didn't want to go into debt. Um, when mm-hmm. I graduated, so I purposely limited myself to SUNYs and CUNYs, which is mostly in the New York metro area. Although there are some upstate, right?
2: right. Well, I mean, the SUNYs are all upstate, but the CUNYs are all in the New York city. Uh, well, there's area, Sun- there's no? a
1: Sunni in New York city and there's SUNYs in Long Island. Which, That's fair. Um, oh, right.
2: There's downstate technically, I guess.
1: There's a FIT is a really, yeah, it's a Sunni I SUNY. totally Mo- yep. forgot about Mo- that. Most people don't realize because FIT is actually a good school, but, um, it is actually a Sunni. <laughs> That's really great. Cunty. Yeah. CUNY's. Yeah. I have I've actually made that <laughs> typo. I've made that typo so many times because Oh look,
0: my god, that's amazing. Everyone oh god, everyone that's amazing.
1: pull over and look at your keyboard on your phone or wherever. The
0: the T is right next to the Y. You know what? I am just gonna go. I'm no, just gonna don't. congratulate you for going to CUNY. Oh, shit. <laughs> um so this teacher, when you were 14 or 15, said, You're good at this. And you were a sophomore or a junior? I was a sophomore. And then from there, you sort of said, yeah, I can do this for the rest of my life. Or was it immediately that appealing? Were you recording things on your phone? Were you primarily writing?
1: I was primarily writing, but whenever I did interviews, I was recording stuff on my old Android or uh, when I was a senior, I got an iPhone. Uh, One thing that I learned coming into college was that uh, you didn't really need fancy audio equipment to do interviews. It was totally possible to do podcasts and stuff like that on your phone. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of of phone recording.
2: What stories appealed to you the most?
1: I really liked human interest stories, things that no one had reported on before. You know, some baker who has the cure for cancer in the neighborhood or some uh, dog that saved a toddler's life by uh, getting an ambulance or something like that. You know, some
0: baker who has
2: the cure for cancer? I was going to say, like, what kind of waitress bullshit is this? Yeah, that was so, so you found a baker. Oh, no, I'm totally making
1: making this stuff up, but. No. That was also just the plot to Lassie, the last one, by the way. Oh, dear. But Are you serious?
2: You- Please,
0: God, tell me you're not kidding. God damn it. That sounds like such Dude, a good, amazing movie. The youth movie. of
2: America knows the, the plot to Lassie. I haven't seen an episode of Lassie since I was a kid. So. I haven't seen
0: an episode of Lassie since Nick at Night was like a thing on late night primetime. Well, welcome to Gen Z, everyone, where we watch Lassie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But um, in all all seriousness, um, I really like human interest stories, Um, so I think that's why I gravitated towards
0: community news more. Was there a particular story or was there a particular event in your life, either between high school or college, where a local news story said to you, Oh, wow, that seems really interesting, and I can see the direct appeal of that, or there are people in this story that I know, or what affected you to make you think of local news? That sounds more interesting to me. That sounds more engaging to me. Or was it just you on Reddit? or on local news sites or reading local newspapers?
1: You know, it was a little bit of both. I actually do frequent the New York City subreddit, and it's it's really interesting. But And I do get a lot of story ideas from there. I think it was really the man-on-the-street interviews that I did a lot in high school and at my first internship that really turned me on to the idea of local news. Um, I did a lot of, like, Vox Pop, you know, man-on-the-street, nice. uh, just... know question of the day uh whether it was like an assignment at high school or uh, my first internship at the home reporter just walking up and down the street and trying to get people to talk to you i mean you really get a feel for how people are and and what kind of people they are by how they talk to strangers on the street who are asking them about potholes in the road or you know a new restaurant that's opening down the block so it was the
0: story of the day from vox pop that said hey Ask this question today. Right. How old were you when you first started doing that? Uh, I was 18. You actually have a few clips that you provide to us today we'll listen to
2: later that are um, from that age when you were 18, including yeah. another interview that you have with the borough president. Um, uh, what, what's his first name again? Sorry, uh, Eric Adams. Eric Adams. Thank you. Eric yes. Adams. Yeah. So um, it, it seems like you really hit the ground running as soon as you got to college. I wonder if maybe you ever were considering if you were to move outside of the city do you ever see uh, a light at that tunnel? Do you ever see, you know, being able to get out of New York and expand your towns to another area, another micro, uh, in, in what's the word on micro, Another beat, another beep. Have you traveled a lot?
1: I have actually uh, had the fortune of traveling a lot recently, actually. Um, really? Where? Yeah, a year ago, I went to Berlin, Copenhagen, and Sweden. And then I just went to Florida for the first time, um, uh, like last month. That counts as traveling completely, that, completely. That counts as traveling. It's a it whole. It's it, it's less familiar
2: Wait, in some cases Florida. than Sweden.
1: <laughs> okay, I went to Disney. You got me.
0: Yes, I. <laughs> yes. Have,
2: that's the only place in Florida I've ever been. I have never been to Florida except for Disney. World. Actually, you no, you must be a, a New Yorker. And <laughs> I'm a total New Yorker through
0: and through. Yes, yeah, yeah. hell's yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. He is. you got it. you got to tell where he's from. I'm from Woodstock. He's from upstate New York. You're Why not, are you you're shaking not from your New head. head? You're not from, well, New, New, York, not from, from New York, man. I didn't I was from New York.
2: My
1: mom's from Flatbush, but I wasn't raised in the city. Using the old, my mom is from Flatbush, excuse me. <laughs> I, I was
2: raised by New Yorkers
0: outside of you know, New York. how many
1: times I've heard that my mom's from Flatbush? Once,
0: sure. you know what? You know what? My mom grew up in Bensonhurst. Where yeah, do you yeah, live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually live in L.A. But benson I'm, I'm a New Yorker. Bensonhurst with a guns, Bensonhurst. I have, I have. You cannot, you cannot be on this corner,
2: gentlemen. I have never expected to be considered a New Yorker. I simply have uh, been living here for a long enough time. We are just New giving you shit. Oh, two boys from Brooklyn. Just giving you shit. They just refuse to live in New York. That's all. That's all. But okay. you'll
1: never be from the city. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> you'll never make it in this town. Fuck <laughs> off.
1: You know how hard it is to grow up in Marine Park? I actually know what? It's His funny. His mom you sat are... in a
0: chair on the front lawn watching him go both ways. I, I have heard
2: secondhand, actually, how difficult it is because uh, my wife dated for a few years a guy who was from Marine Park, and he's probably like the most Brooklyn guy I've ever met. When uh, we started dating, I remember like It was like 10 years ago, almost, jeez I met him, and I never met anyone Who had a thicker Brooklyn accent Ever, like, it was
1: Oh, the... you talking Brooklyn? You talking,
3: you you talking, talking Brooklyn?
2: Brooklyn? He talks nice. like this He I
1: talks know, exactly I know, like that I know,
2: I know what and he's saying He's like said. tall with He's very, very Caucasian Uh, bespectacled and t- uh, just has the Are you oh him? Oh my god Are you
0: Who's, him? Who are you? Holy I've, shit,
1: did you just walk in the fucking burial? Are you Justin? I've come here <laughs> 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 oh, dear. I'm going to fight for your wife's honor. Take it back one second. because no, right. uh, We were yeah. talking
2: about Woodstock and uh, it made me think because I ha- have never really been involved in journalism. Um, I did like the school paper when I was a kid. But when I was in college, I was really intrigued by one story. The supermarket in the middle of town was being replaced by a second pharmacy. CVS decided to take the Grand Union, which was an old New Jersey slash New York supermarket chain that went bankrupt in the uh, late 90s. And then they, uh, the CVS takes up the space and it's like right across the street from a pre-existing pharmacy that everyone's already using anyway. Um, fast forward, you know, all these years later and it's all moot point because the health food store is now the supermarket in town, which is crazy. So mm. the CVS is now its only pharmacy that's around. But at the time the entire town was freaking picketing this CVS. And I just had to know, I was like, how did this happen? So I just, you know, I interviewed uh, the town supervisor. I interviewed people from the town board. I interviewed people who, you know, lived in town. I think there was just something about what you were talking about, the human human interest, interest, exactly. But what's so spectacular is, is that when, you know, over time, how well does a story age until you realize that history is repeating and then, you know, Maybe these lessons that you are trying to instill in your argument, in your thesis, do they age well?
1: I think they age well. It really depends on the particular story. I feel like history is going to repeat itself no matter what, um, especially with local news, because let's face it, local news does not have the readership of bigger national news. So Mm -hmm. it's like not everyone's reading it, then not everyone's going to know what's going on. You know, there's no attachment, per se, of like somewhere that's closing, like people getting up in arms. I can't believe
2: this is happening. Oh, you know, oh, my God, there's they're putting a bike lane. Oh, my God, they're doing this. Chances are like people just forget about it.
1: Of course. Yeah. I mean, people move out of the city. People move into the city. Generations come and go. And unless you talk to like a senior community news journalist, I even run into this problem sometimes where I'm looking on Twitter and people are complaining about something like you just mentioned, like a new bike lane is might be installed on uh, whatever, Bedford Avenue. You know, people are up in arms because they don't like cyclists. Some senior journalists or someone who has been covering that area for longer than me will say, oh, they've been fighting over that for 40 years or 50 years. The city council voted on that 20 years ago. I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, Robert Moses, I mean, say no
0: more. I mean, anything, anything that shows up that's new, there's always going to be that pushback. Have you ever looked up on YouTube the 1970s B-roll of, Today, New York City has started the Second Avenue subway line, expected to be complete by 1982. Of course, of course. And there are a running series of those. But how recently or how long ago did you discover that sort of cycle?
1: I feel like I'd discover that probably at the Home Reporter, um, maybe in high school. Every once in a while, you know, I'd say something out loud to maybe pitch a story or something like that. And someone would say, oh, you know, that's already been covered or, you know, that's been going on. For a while. But yeah, that's really what made me want to focus more on stories that haven't been told yet. I mean, that's very obvious, but focus more on individual people rather than, like, these, like, broader local issues, Mm. if if that's not too much of an oxymoron.
2: Well, no, because getting back to the whole, like, traveling and, you know, being in different cities and finding... Inspirations just by being on the local level, even when you're on vacation, I can only imagine there must be so many parallels that you're seeing that influence your information about how the world works, even when you get back.
1: For sure. For sure. I mean, it's amazing, like the story ideas that you don't even think are story ideas until someone says, oh, I'm interested in that or. Um, you know, you see other journalists writing about it because you got scooped because you didn't think it was interesting enough. Distantly related, I just went to Disney in January, and no, I. So that I, was this is relevant. I swear, this is not this is not a Disney advertisement. No, I had a fantastic time in Magic Kingdom no it was I, I went to keep I went to Disney and my my girlfriend Victoria uh, she is really into Disney that's the reason we went and she's really into Disney news and a lot of times I'll see she's reading Walt Disney World news on her phone oh my god and, and I'm like What is that? And she's like, oh, it's Walt Disney World News Today or something like that. And I'm like, what is that? It's apparently an entire news site dedicated to Walt Disney World. So Walt Disney World has its own essential, essentially community newspaper. They have their own soda. They can have their
0: own news. (laughs) Yeah, right. They have their (laughs) own city and an entire
2: economy based on them.
1: But would you ever believe that a story can be made out of like a missing animatronic? Or like paint is peeling on, you know, it's a small world like th- that's a story, though.
0: In the same experience that you had of getting to know a neighborhood and getting to know all the characters of that neighborhood and knowing of them very well. And so get and getting a much more personal look at something that people will only get passingly or people who grew up there and know it very well or people who live there. Mm-hmm. Did you see a similar level of knowledge of the local uh, characters, shall we say, who weren't? completely fictitious characters in the uh disney, disney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean to a certain extent yes disney i feel like in a lot of ways is more popular than a lot of the neighborhoods <laughs> that uh we cover so i mean it's, it's not surprising but yeah i mean people will find stories anywhere I yeah, mean, it's in, yeah it's it's insane uh, we
2: gotta go to a break in a little bit, but before we do, we just wanted to cover that uh, your current employer uh, is the Queens Daily Eagle. Is that correct?
1: Well, that's the name of the newspaper. The company that employs me is uh, eBrooklyn Media.
2: e Brooklyn Media, which yes. is the larger umbrella. It's a larger conglomerate, or conglomerate corporation. Conglomerate. I don't know if I'm using
1: that word correctly. How's that doing, Queens? You like Queens? Uh, um, actually, we're not based in Queens. We're based in Brooklyn. But uh, you're you're covering Queens. But we but cover based... Queens. That's too confusing. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like Ridgewood. Okay. Yeah.
2: Ridgewood decide whether or not you're in Brooklyn or in
1: Queens I agree I agree I, I and think Ridgewood we should annex Ridgewood to Bushwick maybe Ridgewick or Bushwood or no don't do that Bushwood in, is I, that's honestly that could be the best new neighborhood name ever I am
2: putting my foot down and I am putting a stop to that
1: no, no. I'm <laughs> becoming a realtor and I will sell your kids an apartment in Bushwood oh we have things to talk about
2: <laughs> and we'll be back shortly this is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn more to come Because, my God, you know, can you imagine we'd have someone like Jonathan who isn't necessarily as old as us and decrepit as us, but he himself has audio to share? It's totally possible. It's incredible. You could be older than us, you could be younger than us. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. You could be on the show and talk to us here in the studio about your lost or found audio at lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Pitch us your ideas, anything at all that you think you might have that might be applicable to our show's content, by all means. We'd love to have you on. Listening to our past episodes will probably give you a little better idea of what to expect from Lost and Rewound. And if you would like to hear any of our past shows, we're all over the place in terms of where you get your podcasts, iTunes and Spotify uh, being just two of the big examples. But if you uh, can go to either our Podomatic page or even our SoundCloud, uh, both Lost and Rewound, Lost and Rewound. com, SoundCloud.com, Slash Lost and Rewound, all the archives are up there. And you can listen to all the episodes on Radio Free Brooklyn or even before on the SoundCloud page from when we were just a homegrown podcast doing uh, such you know such so rud- many years ago, so many rudimentary sounds from the homegrown podcast, thanks to myself and my buddy Jimmy Hoffman. And uh, Jimmy Hoffman. <laughs> but yeah, so that is to- Jimmy's actual hey. voice. It is Jimmy's actual voice. Another Brooklyn boy. Yeah, but go go to oh, sun- yeah, go and uh, check out all of our past episodes to learn more. We are joined in the studio this week by Jonathan Sperling who is a very talented up and coming journalist and I would say up and coming
0: he is a digital that's, editor That's what I'm
2: going to say he he Thank you he is a digital editor, and he's uh he's been a journalist. He was it, he's been a journalist even before he started college. And we're about to go dive into that right now. We've got a little bit of professional stuff, a little bit of non professional stuff. Thank you very much for uh, contributing in advance. Uh, Anytime that breadth of uh non professional slash <laughs> professional content.
0: And we're Let's, not kidding. <laughs> if you want to go diving back home, which is I know it's a long trek for, for you, it's a long trek, very hard for you to get to your home. Just Head back there, and if you ever want to come back, and with your old clips or even with those old short stories, my god, that stuff is gold on air. Oh, it's great! It's great.
1: I I might just have to do that. I have some good stuff in my parents' house.
2: What kind of stuff nice. do you know that uh, they record? That you they recorded or you recorded?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, I have stuff from when I was like five or six that my parents probably recorded, and then I have stuff from like mm. middle school that I probably recorded on my dad's old like point shoot.
2: I, I I'm not. Oh my god! Yes. Trying to sound excited, but like in general, like. The, 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 you guys love this stuff. I understand that. that that's my that's my uh, comfort zone. You that's, just love what our, that's what people. our
0: audience. No, no, no. That <laughs> well, tiny little bit. But really, it's a look at how the technology that you sort of grew up with and how you were first, yeah. uh, depicted and found yourself. Show us this about this first clip.
2: I, I don't know if there really is a name for it, but uh, it's, it's it appears as there. It's a uh, mostly audio uh, dominant, but there is some v- rather fuzzy visuals.
1: Oh yes, uh, that clip is from. 2014, I believe I was working, uh, quote unquote, working, uh, working, at, volunteering, um, at a, what's working? I know, right? At parent teacher conference in my high school. I was are you vo- serious? Yes. How old are you? I was 17. Okay, nice. Yeah, I was one of the people that was signing parents in and telling them when it was their turn to uh, yell at their kid. And I was with friends, and I think they put a bunch of scotch tape or a sticky substance on the chair, and uh, I was stuck to it.
3: Jonathan, wait. Can Jonathan. you tell us? Can you tell us what happened just now?
1: All right. Well, I was just minding my own business, you know. We're swamped with people here at parent teacher conference. We have over 3,000 people. And I just sat down and there's like this sticky stuff on my chair, <laughs> and now I can't get up.
3: Okay, go ahead. We'll try, a little I'm going to try really hard wait, wait. to get
1: up. Alright, ready?
3: <laughs> <All right>. well, <laughs> wait, wait, turn around, turn around. The on my butt. Is there anything on your butt? No, damn it!
1: That's great, dude.
2: Nice, thank you.
0: Nice. Uh, I good Jack. Well, good. Good on you for playing along. Wait,
2: but I, I'm. I'm really intrigued by this because I can't help but notice that the video includes a screenshot of your iPhone.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, how did uh, this happen? The quick you? Oh, well, you see, um, 20, so you, 24 tw- hours ago when I sent you this clip, <laughs> um, I, I screen recorded the video from Facebook because I am oh. Gen Z, but I'm not that. Uh, Gen Z, so I didn't know how to download a video from Facebook, so I just screen recorded it like a grandmother.
0: Digital (laughs) editor.
1: Uh, Digital uh, editor. Gen Gen Z sounds like a really funny adjective.
2: Like, I'm feeling very Gen Z today.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I was born on the cusp, so sometimes I'm millennial, sometimes I'm Gen Z. It's however I feel. I have
2: no idea what the difference is.
1: Well, millennial is like born in the late 80s to like mid 90s, -hmm. I think. And then Gen Z is like born late 90s to... I don't know. 2010. So, so what the fuck is gonna be after Gen Z? I mean, God uh, the fuck, damn it! Stop using the alphabet
0: I think well, we just start over. Gen A. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. or, or Gen Un Distinguishable it, Symbol. Gen
1: Z Z Z. Let's, gen let, Ampersand. <laughs>
0: gen gen,
2: gen, Z,
1: gen Z Squared. <laughs> Look at this
2: millennial. No, I don't know. I don't even know what I am anymore. 1982. I mean, that's kind I think, I think of. think you're right on the cusp. We're running Of on the millennial course. and Gen X, I guess.
1: Yes. Gen Whatever.
2: Right,
0: but it's right at the end of Gen X, right at the beginning. of I'm used line, to y'all. being a cusp because I am already a Sagittarius that cusp on Capricorn, so. <laughs> Unfortunately, Elon, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what that I have very little idea what that means. I only am, because I'm a cocky motherfucker, I only know what Leo means. Good. Let's, <laughs> let's move on from that. Um,
2: Jonathan, your uh, fellow students here uh, seem to be enjoying uh, playing a prank on you.
1: Yes, I was a little bit of a class clown in high school. You were a class clown. I was a bit of a class clown. I had like the deadpan humor thing down. And honestly, now that I'm remembering, I think I knew the tape was there. And Really? I, yeah, I really did. You were the one who was administering pranks. The
2: pranks were not necessarily happening to you, or both hand-in-hand? No,
1: both hand-in-hand. You know, my favorite go-to is the old uh, poke someone on the shoulder and have them turn the direction that you're not standing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm quite the prankster. A but uh, I was also the subject of many pranks, as you could hear in the clip. Can you
2: recall offhand, not obviously... One that's recorded, but um, if you can recall a prank that occurred, that you're a gr- the greatest prank that you've ever played.
1: The greatest prank that I've ever Perhaps played. Perhaps a prank that you're the proudest of. Yeah or were these even if it's on yourself Is, can anyone really be proud of a prank I mean well, uh, well sometimes but that's it true totally depends I, a personal victory maybe that's true I'm a simple man so I don't <laughs> I don't do these elaborate you know YouTube social experiment style pranks mm. I, I'm more of a you know not a catfisher no not a catfisher well, that's, no, that's, that's cheap no, yeah that's that's cheap but uh, <laughs>
2: does, this, no no I'm saying it doesn't have to be something no, that was recorded I don't think, no, I don't think that's the important no, part no
1: it's my favorite one it's really hard to describe via Go audio it. but it's a thing where you do this and i just got will with it it's a thing where you cup your hands and you put your thumb into your four fingers and if people look at it they lose um the alti- do, you, do you consider that a prank it's definitely a prank it's it's how? actually it's yeah. the pinnacle of pranks how actually. is it a prank the,
0: yeah please describe.
1: Ha- because they, they think like that these they're, old
2: 30 somethings
1: they think that they're they're looking at something and they are but it's not what because you say like, oh, you dropped your dollar and then they look and it's not actually a dollar. It's your hand in a cup. So you're
0: banking on <laughs> natural human reflex comp- connected with something that they might care about. Exactly. The There's
1: a, have you ever done this one before? Yes. Okay. What is that?
0: D- just give it, it a look. It, 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 it,
1: well, I, I, no one's seeing. <laughs>
2: you're, you're putting uh, your thumb in your pointer finger on your knee. Well,
1: it's, it's supposed to be on my thigh, but I can't. And the idea put is my-
0: <laughs> you quickly hit some part of your body with it, usually your leg, and somebody looks down at it. And if they look at it, you're able to catch them. Uh, Looking into it, you can punch them in the shoulder. Guys, these these are these are such great pranks, but I, I, I they're, they're, they're <laughs> I know. not translating. You, to I know a, prank you is, a prank is you like were, going to expecting... the Boston Museum of Fine Art, swapping uh, no. out the tapes with your no, own no, recording, no, 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 no. and bolting, and then it becoming a story. I would
1: never disrespect fine art. Are good, you, good. You, you know that's a good, I, good answer. On you, man. I like well that. Well done. Well
0: responded to.
1: I, look, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the best pranks are the most simple ones.
0: It's uh, true. So that was you in high school, and that was you uh, sort of being your classic class clan self. We got a quick description of you applying to colleges, and uh, you were pretty dead set on the CUNY system. Correct, yeah. I wanted
1: to go to CUNY. I think I wanted to stay in New York City. I think that's where the journalism's at and where the opportunities are. Before you got to college, or
2: you know, while you were, I guess, wait, waiting to get to
1: college, uh, you
2: conducted an interview with the borough president.
1: Uh, yes, I believe this was the... Summer before my uh, freshman year of college, I was doing a story about, um, well, I was covering an event. Uh, the Brooklyn Borough Hall does something called Heroes of the Month, where they just honor people that have done heroic things in the yeah. last month or so. And I was covering the event, and I uh, got to talk to the president. Um, the uh, Heroes
3: of the Month uh, uh, Awards. Well, we, you know, as we moved around Brooklyn when I first came to office, uh, Um, We saw that there are so many great Brooklynites. You always hear bad stories, but no one really gives focus to some of the good things that people are doing every day. And it was important to us to start acknowledging the good things that people are doing by pointing out heroic actions and showing that in Brooklyn, we have these fantastic people that go go beyond their call of duty to serve other Brooklynites. And so how long has the... uh... Program been going on? Um, since the. What's the, seven, what's the first Hero of the Month we did? The very first one we did were yeah. the, uh, the fire officer The firefighters fire, fire 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 that, that, one that month.
0: saved that young child.
3: One uh, month. That was. He can find out for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: I want to say it was August of last
1: year. Uh-huh. to check.
3: Jeff- yeah. So, uh, what's the importance of honoring the heroes in our community? But for people to see just that, that there are people in our community that are just like us, but are doing extraordinary, extraordinary things, and it's a way of acknowledging them, and so the next person can see that, you know, hey, 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 I can do, (coughs) I can do things in my life. Instead of sitting back watching something bad happen, we could actually take a step and lend a hand and help and help people out, you know? And that's the, the purpose, so that people can see ordinary people on their, on their block, ordinary people in their occupation are doing heroic actions every day. Okay, thank you very much. All
1: right, that's okay. it. Right. You answer your question, August 14th. Thank you. August 14th? These were August 14th, okay, thank you.
2: I saw you laughing a little
1: bit there. Oh no, I was just laughing at the sound of my voice, and I sound a little bit uh you, unsteady say- and insecure in my questions. So yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, so. you were interviewing him well. You kind of you, you kind of got him a little bit. What uh, you say?
1: I mean, not quiet. I mean, I enjoyed the interview, and I was happy to to do it, and I was happy that he gave me a chance to talk to him. I mean, I was basically a kid. I mean, I was probably the youngest person there by like ten years, so it was it was really cool to get a chance to talk to him. But yeah, a little embarrassing.
0: It was definitely a ballsy moment for you to be interviewing the pro president. I mean, was that terrifying for you? You sound, I'd say, you sound confident in that clip.
1: Oh, it was definitely terrifying. I mean, you're always worried about, you know, am I asking the right questions? Uh, Do I sound confident? Uh, Do I sound like I belong here? Um, Does he think I'm just a child? That sort of thing. You're not a child, though. I mean, I was at the time. I mean, you you
2: didn't sound much different than you sound now. The only thing that sounded (laughs) different... No, the only thing that sounded different was how you, uh, you know, your confidence level in the questions. You'll be surprised. Like, you know, between 18 and 22, your voice doesn't really fluctuate that much.
1: I don't know. I guess I'm remembering the mindset that I was in there less than the recording. I was obviously there and... I just remember what I was thinking at the time and I was
0: so nervous. Does it still have that sort of visceral effect on you hearing it? You're just you're immediately jump back to, oh, my God, I was so nervous. Oh, yeah. 100%. I guess you kind of have to be a little bit vulnerable, though, when
2: you're in those situations, too, though, because if you're interviewing someone you've never interviewed before and you have questions prepared, but they are, you know, obviously going to respond to you and the body language is a huge thing. It may throw you off a little bit, especially when you're not at all experienced with interviewing adults when you are but a kid.
0: You're much less, you know, local public officials.
1: That's true. Yeah, it was, I think, the definitely the first time I'd ever interviewed the borough president. Probably one of the first uh, local officials that I had ever interviewed in person. A lot of the stuff that I did was over the phone. So to go in person to an event like that in Borough Hall, especially growing up in Marine Park, like you don't really go to downtown Brooklyn a lot, so all these things combined, it was a little intimidating. You have to go downtown, man. Go downtown. <laughs> um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, Cliff of Vox Pop project? One of the first projects that I did for my uh, multimedia journalism class, um, my freshman year of college. It was on the uh, MTA at the time. I think this was 2016. Was uh, talking about potentially raising the fare to three dollars instead of two seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up not doing that, obviously, but uh, at the time, a lot of people were concerned. And uh, so I went out and I, I did a couple uh, man on the street interviews. And, and that's what this is. And that's what this is. Let's take a listen.
0: This is the Manhattan-bound
4: F local train. The next stop is Avenue U.
1: Uh, how often do you personally rely on public transportation? Oh, every day. Uh, what do you use it for? Uh, go to work. Uh, I take the subway to work. To get to Baruch, to get to my jobs, to, uh, to, get to, my, to get to my lab. So how do you feel about the MTA potentially raising the fare to $3 next year? Not happy about it. I think we should be spending more money subsidizing public transportation and reducing the amount of cars in the city instead of just making it more expensive
2: for people to... Get to
1: work. I do think it's ridiculous. Seven is basically my only lifeline to like get to Manhattan, like I can't, I literally can't take anything else to get to the city. It's pretty bullshit because the MTA likes to like squeeze all the money out of us and then spend it on like bullshit shit, like fucking the last stop on the Seven Train. It's a beautiful complex, yes, except instead of actually allocating money to actually make the Seven Train work properly, it's, they t- t- spent a crap ton of money to dig like like a freaking work of art into uh, 34th Street.
2: The reason why I don't take the train is because I try to save money. So if they're gonna keep raising it, then I'm just never gonna use the convenience of having transit here.
0: I feel like people have to take it. It's like take or leave it situation. So sure, we can like protest or whatever, but I mean, there's really not much we can do.
3: Stand clear of the closing doors, please.
2: It's always loud and crowded. It's hot and sweaty. With the winter, it's a little different, but it's still hot and sweaty, regardless. <laughs> they need AC in the, in the trains. I have a bone to pick
1: with this clip. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting critiqued by someone who's never been a journalist before. This is ooh,
0: true. Ooh, throw in the shade. Where are the
2: women in this clip?
1: You know, that's actually a really fair point. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's completely fair criticism. That That's something that I have actually kept in mind. Um, Not because of that clip, but, you know, I've I've definitely kept that in mind when when getting interview subjects. For that, I mean, it was for a class. I wasn't particularly focused on who I got. I was just, you know, if if someone would talk to me, then that was great. I wasn't very picky. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just so happened that it happened to be men. I definitely approached women and, and asked if they wanted to talk, but they didn't want to talk. So. Do you suppose
2: that it might be just based on um, the time and the place, or just uh, based on approachability?
1: Uh, probably approachability. The area around Baruch—it's like Murray Hill slash like uh, right. Grammar School area, right. right? So you know, it's a pretty diverse area. It's not like it's an all boys school or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just happened that way but you know you're you're right to make that observation i i think you know in retrospect i i wish that i had gotten a a woman's voice in there
0: had you gotten that note before
1: hmm good question um i had never actually received that uh criticism before um but i i've definitely been conscious of the amount of women that i've interviewed i think that's an important thing in journalism it's very easy to as a journalist to fall into this rut where you approach people that are kind of similar to you. Mm. Um, So, you know, I'm a 22-year-old guy, so I'm drawn to uh, trying to interview 22-year-old guys because I feel like we're going to have more in common. But I think it's good to be conscious of the people that you're interviewing and making sure that you're uh, getting a diverse uh, answer.
2: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily end with gender, obviously. No, no. I mean, creed and uh, cultures. If anything, I'm impressed with the age as well of all these folks that you are Mm. interviewing. So, I mean, obviously, for the sake of the getting a quick assignment done, you know, you're making sure that you get everybody that you can in this quickest time as possible. But I would have been interested to hear uh, older. It seemed like you were interviewing a lot of uh, younger folks.
1: Oh, for sure. I think the first... Guy who spoke in that after me, obviously was the oldest one I interviewed he was probably in his late 30s maybe mid 30s I hope he's not younger and listening to this um and were you you just...
0: <laughs> if he's listening. Yeah. let's let's just hope this next clip this we're next about clip to hear from you from which, college I believe this is from college yes uh
1: yes this is from college okay. this is from 2017
2: this is a more light-hearted clip I think as you
1: quote the correct light-hearted
2: <laughs> which 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 falls in line with our ethos I mean we're we're not a, com- a comedic show, but uh we uh, inherently are nerds that are you know talking
0: about our old audio, so I inherently feel like, I feel like we roll in and out of comedy. a lot. Yeah. Do so we need an intro? I think this no. is pretty self explanatory. Yeah. Just uh from the audio alone. Okay. Oh, it's on, Mike? Oh, uh, you don't have to turn that. Oh you don't have to turn
1: that? No, you here can I try to no. stop. Are we highly it's great? You just put it on? Mm-hmm. It's
3: like condom, dude. What
1: the heck? Exactly. Okay, and Nathan. then you just um Oh, that's so cool actually with oh, Hold the Yeah, sh- yeah it, it'll shoot off if you don't hold it. Well, no, that's too little, my friend. <laughs> I was just giving you an example. Fill it all the <laughs> way. it up like you would fill up like a normal beer. Oh, that was really dangerous. Inhale it, Nathan. You have to like.
3: Nathan. <laughs> That's That's not
2: well, to do that. That. So what That's am I supposed to do? You're supposed to, supposed to suck the, the fucking balloon. So it just it just choked me, dude. It's <laughs> <laughs> it all you. in my
3: throat,
1: dude. It 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 you? It's, it's all in my throat,
3: dude.
1: It's in your throat? Oh, okay, okay. Holy shit! See how you like it. <laughs> Is that
0: enough? No. <laughs> no. More. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. I, a little bit
1: more. Hello. You gotta like inhale the whole thing. We're inhaling healing, dude. Oh so. shit, that was that. No.
2: <laughs> that was too much. That was <laughs> too no. much. Do no. it again. No, don't do it again. I think you're going to get. That's it. That's
0: enough.
2: Oh, that was awesome, dude. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. Oh, fuck. I feel like I can fly
0: now.
1: you <laughs> feel now. light? No. Yeah. Are you still recording? <laughs> no, right? No, I'll, I'll I'm now. recording. I'm yeah,
2: I'm that was uh, your friend who was doing the helium uh, in yes. Ha- inhaling.
1: Yes, although I also part- partook in, in the helium inhalation.
2: I'm so sorry that it- we don't have uh, the ability to do that right
1: now. If only I knew. I How wish. Much? I could have brought some just just as a sort of... <laughs> I'm sure Will could do the helium voice if you wanted to. Well, I my phone
0: will do a better job than I would.
1: No, no, I couldn't.
0: It was just holding your voice in the back of your throat. And the throat was really hot. Unfortunately, this is close off in am It sounds like Jar
1: Jar mixed with a helium
0: balloon. I'm
2: not even going to try this. I, You know what? In honor of that, the rest of this talk set, starting here,
4: is going to be in full helium mode. Our entire voices will be higher. It will be. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Just keep you talking. Want
5: some little hot no, 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 no. <laughs> our voices, our tones will be
4: higher. Yes. Wow. Look, it's amazing. We've oh, transformed technology. We've been transformed. It's going to be amazing to uh, hear how this sounds when we actually are on air. It'll be great. It'll it's be fine. It's going to be incredible. Honestly, like, that's the, the <laughs> magic of post production. So, at any rate, you're. <laughs> it just sounds so funny doing it. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be a fun audio. Uh, clip. But at the, but at the okay. same time, let's go. Where is this taking place? <laughs> is in college, but like, this, this, is is an in, this
5: is in This uh, is in Baruch College. That's the office of the ticker, Baruch. To newspaper which I work for.
4: The ticker that you still work for. Yes. And uh what but, but not for a long ticket. No,
5: not for long, just a couple more months until I graduate.
4: You're the senior editor then, I guess? No, uh
5: I'm I'm actually the treasurer now. You're the treasurer. yes. But I, I do the money. But I, I used to be the news editor um and I was also the marketing director and I write occasionally. I used to write a lot more. But yeah, I mean I do it all there. As a treasurer do you help get the paper out daily there? Uh no. We have distributors to do that, but I handle more of uh purchasing stuff, office supplies, events, food, that sort of thing. But I, I used to write Pretty often. Like, I used to do around three or four articles a week in an editorial sometimes. But now, you know, maybe one article every two months or so. Hmm. How did you get your hand on the helium? <laughs> um, well, we were actually preparing for an event that we were hosting. It was like an alumni slash anniversary celebration. The ticker was turning 85 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were using the helium tank to blow up balloons. Um, and, you know, we did what most five-year-olds do, and we have some helium. some helium.
4: You don't have to do that. The vo- your, your voice is just going to sound even higher. No, except,
5: no. the whole point is that we get a doublehead. Um, <laughs> so, so, can we talk about, with our voices now heliumized, can we talk about your time at uh, the current job that you are now working? Sure. Yeah.
4: That you will continue to be working after that your will, commencement.
5: That I will continue to be working out after my commencement. I hope uh, that I will actually graduate. I think you'll be fine. You'll um, be all right. But yeah, uh, Queen's Daily Eagle, uh, we're a local newspaper. We currently have two people working on it, and uh, it's me and uh, Mr. David Brand, who's the managing editor. Mr. David Brand yeah. and, and Shout out Sperling. to David Brand. Follow David Brand on Twitter. Shout out to David are Brand. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Follow John Sperling on Twitter, but David Brand is better on Twitter. <laughs> Why are you not as good on Twitter? <laughs> because I just am not active on Twitter, and I have about a quarter of the followers of David Brand. How many followers do you have on Twitter? I think I have
4: like 200-something. Yes! Yeah. Dude.
5: How the power to you? I, you know, I've been trying, but I haven't been trying. It, it's, it's really hard. You got to do a lot of live tweeting, and it's just I don't have the time. Look, what, 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 look the why, time? Are, why are you not at ten thousand yet? Why? I don't know. I'm waiting for that blue check what? mark. What's just my god, man? So much time. How long have you been on Twitter? Four years. It's still coming. Still, it's it's going to come. It's going to come. It's coming. It's coming you. right now. We can feel it. Find you maybe uh, any
4: stories that you have on Instagram maybe perhaps as well? Uh, you an Instagram
5: uh, guy? I, I'm a bit of an Instagram guy. You can uh, follow me on Instagram at J underscore Spurl. Uh, but more importantly, uh, follow the Queens Daily Eagle uh, on Twitter at Queens Eagle. Uh, and also our website at queenseagle.com. Uh, we're doing some great community and legal news uh, from Queens. And uh, a little bit about Brooklyn once in a while. But we're doing great journalism. And uh, give us a look.
4: Jonathan Spurling here on Lost and Rewind. You are a, a good sport. Uh, you for have been coming. a good sport this entire I show. appreciate it. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 non profit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or a monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. And we are also operating our Teen Squad, which is our new after-school program that we're giving for kids ages uh, 13 to 18, using a hands-on approach led by broadcasting professionals. They will get a chance to meet twice per week from on Mondays and Thursdays from 4 to 6 p.m. for six weeks. And at the end of the session, these students are going to have the option of hosting and producing their own live radio show right here on RFB. If you want to donate to that program, you can do so at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Teen Squad. And again, the address for our before- to donate to Radio Free Brooklyn as a whole is radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate and remember that all contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Love those tax write-offs, mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. it's tax time too. Um, yeah, thanks again to Jonathan Sperling. My name is Alon Danziger. And I'm Will Hasty. We'll be back next week with another edition of Lost and Rewound. Have a good rest of your afternoon, and we'll see you next week.
3: Later on Radio Free Brooklyn.
4: How many followers you have? You're on Twitter in the first place. People care about how many followers I have. I don't use Twitter. That's exactly why I don't use Twitter. I do give a fuck. That's exactly why I don't use it I do give a fuck. That's exactly why I don't use Twitter. I do give a fuck. That's exactly why I don't use it I do give a fuck. That's exactly why I don't use Twitter. I do give a fuck. That's exactly why I don't use Twitter. I do give a fuck.
0: That tangy smell of garbage in the middle of the summer. Delicious. Of course you would say that.